It's Christmas Eve, all who believe Santa is here, but once a year, all girls and boys dream of new toys. Soundly they sleep, wishes to keep. Jing, jing, a ling, come hear us sing. Breaths on the door, stockings and more. Magic, the strife, spells come alive. Snow in the air, laughter to share. Literary License Podcast Kings of Horror Christmas Special with your co-host Nikki Ray, Joe Redazzo, Greg Johnson, David Grant, and Leandro Gambi, coming at you from the UK and USA. Merry Christmas, everyone! 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 Hello and welcome to the Literary License Podcast. We're continuing our Masters of Horror this month with John Collier's Green Thoughts and the 1960s Little Shop of Horrors by Roger Corman with a little side of the, was it 1986 musical version with Rick Moranis? And today I am joined by uh, Joe Rondonzo. What's going on, Joe? Hey, everyone. Great to see everyone again. And Craig Johnson. Hello from East Finchley, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and David, Hugh Grant. That's me. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. And, and myself, Vicki Ray. And it's just been one of those mornings for all of us already. And uh, we usually like to get started by seeing what we've been up to. So, Joe, what have you been up to? Um, six shots of espresso into this day. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that, that explains a lot. I mean, I need six shots right now, but not of espresso. <laughs> well, I, luckily, luckily i woke up early enough to see that that today was the day we had to do this podcast like oh wait 
Let me, let me, let me get <laughs> well, my head on talking. straight. Yeah, we've been, so, we've been, it's been, the silly season has finally hit us and we are all <laughs> in a state of utter confusion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just, uh, just kind of in a holding period right now on that, uh, that, that one, that one job that I got right. through, uh, through Joe Estevez, just kind of waiting for everything to begin where we'll, we'll see where everything is in a week or two. But, um, as of right now, uh, everything is signed and ready to go. It's just waiting for everything to kind of just line up. Okay. Uh, and what about yourself, Craig? Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm on the coke tonight. So I'm on, um. Coke, Coke Zero. Coke <laughs> no Zero. Sugar. No, no. It's, 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 uh, say whatever gets it's, keeping, it's keeping me alive. Yeah. And, uh, I'm fully, I'm fully boosted and, um, and fully ready to against go. the Omnicrombo, um, which is an anagram of no crimbo. If you're, um, if you're, right. it's an English phrase. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that's Christmas. I'm, so. that's Christmas. I'm fully I'm boosted <laughs> But uh, I, I've been doing, I've been sorting my merchandise out on mm. craigsworld.org. So I've got a lot of um, Christmas tees, jumpers. Uh, I've done like a Star Wars theme. Like I got Very the back cool. of an old drawer, mm. used like tissue paper, a little bits of clay, made like a scene, used a macro lens, blew it up. And it's now on jumpers and bags, all sorts of things. Yeah. Thank, no thank you, Keith, for for yeah. helping me with that what's your what and, is uh, your website uh craigsworld.org is the is where the merch is or i've got prints on etsy.com at craigsworld as you well ship everywhere uh yeah yeah and cool. david's been gigging david's Dave been gigging locally <laughs> yeah. haven't you it's been good uh, yeah i've sort of um got back into sort of playing just doing like uh, we've had a thing in in england called open mic nights where you just turn up oh neat yeah you know and you do like three or four songs and uh, I've been doing some original songs, trying them out, you know, get them aired, see what the reaction is. And it's been really good, you know, so I've been enjoying doing that. Um, also, uh, album. oh yeah, yeah. The um, well, a friend of mine, I was helping work on an album of his, he's, uh, he's released that on, it's uh, Viserex and um, it's, it sounds good. Yeah. It's really good. I've just uh, did some vocals. I went up to um, uh, Leicester. Then I went to Lincoln. That was early in the year. And uh, did some stuff for the guys up there, like you know. And what Craig's done on the, the merchandise is amazing. He's oh, made yeah. uh, one of my uh, paintings. He's put onto a glass, and another one is a hat. <laughs> it looks great, and oh, an, cool. I, uh, an iPhone holder. Yeah, really cool. You know. Oh, good. So, Maybe yeah. I can send Christmas presents to my UK friends this way. Ah, <laughs> Crimbo is just round the corner. You, you well, I check. love everybody over there, but no one's worth eighty dollars American. No, no, <laughs> that's crazy. I wanted to send something to my niece in uh, up by Montreal. They want eighty dollars to ship 80. to Montreal. My, they, my mother I'm... lives in northern New York, four hours mm. away, and they want about the same. It's just insane. You know, it's. I think Vicky, though, the thing is, uh, I mean, uh, I've got like nieces and nephews and I don't know what they're into, you know, so I'm just going to give them money. <laughs> Seems like the best Gift cards, I think. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to do. My my son, Tyler, I never know what he wants. I never know. Get everybody's Amazon wish list, even the ones in the UK. You order something from Amazon UK, Amazon UK yeah. ships it, so you don't got to pay an arm and a leg. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. They will not let me have an account here, but really? I figured a way around that. And do you got an Amazon UK account? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I'll I'll help you through it later on if you want. Oh, okay, because the only way they usually let me order anything is if I put on my VPN and say I'm in the 
Falkland Islands or some other bullshit. Or Gibraltar. We we should get an LL podcast only fans account. Yeah, <laughs> get, <laughs> get the goodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But have all these drones flying through the window. You don't know. Yeah, I, I saw that there was an Amazon or somebody was thinking about having drones yeah. like deliver. Yeah. I just don't Nothing see I, I, what could possibly go wrong. I mean, this is Texas. <laughs> I mean, if that flies over somebody's house, drones. that thing's going to get shot out of the freaking sky. If it's in my neighborhood, you know, someone is going to hit it with like something. So, oh my god, I was I was actually looking on Amazon.uk so I could send. The people in the UK, a copy of Deadly Xmas, the uh, the, the Christmas horror film that uh, Dave Canfield and I made. But uh, I still have not seen look, that. When you look at the price on it, eighty three pounds in the UK. I'm like, yeah, wow. Okay. Are you that's serious? The, it's uh, out of print, so I'm not surprised. Oh, that's that looks really cool. We'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You got two I'll guys now. You guys. Okay. Yep. Dave and Craig, that's what they want. You got them all going yeah. now. <laughs> all we want for Christmas is your video now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Myself, a, it's a I haven't been really doing too much holding pattern to getting ready it's for a, the holidays, watching as many crazy stuff as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the kids doing oh. soccer now. So it's Tournament City. And they have to keep playing until they lose. So I'm hoping it's okay day outside tomorrow other than that really not a whole lot getting ready for christmas doing lots of reading watching movies doing my little charity things here and there hi guys uh well in the last month i have been working um i haven't been doing much in the allotment um i have my driving test uh practical and i fail again <laughs> so i need more practice than that um then um well a friend really good friend that I have uh, passed away, so I would like to dedicate this podcast to him and his name was Jonathan Sylvester uh, I met him, he used to be my neighbor, then we made friends and we used to go and watch movies uh, Marvel movies and action movies in general um, yeah, so I'm a bit sad on that, uh, because it was really all of a sudden, and I find it out ten days later uh and I'm, well, I am still really shocked. Um, well, basically, I have been working and reading and watching movies, and not more, much more. First day of the month of September. In an early year of a decade not too long before our own, the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places.
the story we read, I don't know if you call it a novella or you'd call it a short story, probably, right? A short story. It's only like 11 pages. Yeah. yeah. And it was in Harper's in uh, 1931 by wow. John Collier. And I, and it was called, was it Green? Uh, Green Thoughts. Green, Green Thoughts. thoughts. Green yes, thoughts. I need yes. some it's, thoughts. It's, it's his compass. And uh, he was, John Collier was best remembered for his short stories. Although he was a poet, novelist, and screenwriter, he was given the Edgar Award and the International Fantasy Award in 1952 for the collection Fancies and Good Nights. And several of his most memorable tales were adapted for television and film. Another story, Green Thoughts, about a man-eating plant is said to have become the basis for the film, The Little Shop of Horrors, also made into a musical. Uh, We are the master of our thoughts, and once we learn how to recognize and change our red thoughts into green ones, we can be happy and free to be our real selves. I guess that's like free your ass. Is it free your mind and your ass will follow? Is that how that goes? (laughs) Tune in, drop out, and plant yourself somewhere. (laughs) So what did you uh, think of Green Thoughts, Joe? The the interesting thing to me is that it, is that it says that it's um, it's the basis for Little Shop of Horrors. And aside yes. from maybe the, the maybe plant. the plant eating somebody and the faces, uh, the faces of the victims popping up, I really don't see it. After reading yeah. it today, I definitely don't see it. And um, for uh, for those of you who have Shudder. Uh, the 1960 Little Shop of Horrors is on uh, is on yeah, there. Yeah. The version hosted by Joe Bob Briggs actually has director Roger Corman. Corman, yeah, that's the good one to watch throughout. So he can give he can give a lot of insight. At the end, Joe Bob mentions the same thing. The same thing that I just that I just figured out reading this is it, it really doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't seem to fit the story itself. I'm absolutely fine with. I, th- I, right. I think it, uh, it it's a very uh, very interesting, very, very quick read, too. It's very um, quick. I like quick reads. I think David, uh, <laughs> David, before we came on, uh, mentioned uh, that he said it, it felt like a um, of uh, something written in the Victorian era. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it could have like been. It was, it was like reading an 18th century text. Yeah, it was or... more like the uh, the actual the choice of words, like you said, Joe. You know, mm. it's a, it felt like, um, yeah, something like that was. In, in days gone by kind of thing well, like, talking about the style of writing and 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 the way he put his verbiage together maybe you get like yeah, words like foolhardy and doom yes. doom eager and things like <laughs> we don't yeah we don't hang with them ones anymore <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh it's really beautifully written like i thought it's, it um, is yeah really beautifully written. Mm-hmm. i thought it was beautifully written too i thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of eerie because did you guys at the end, um, Craig or, uh, or Dave, did you think that maybe when he realized that the plant had eaten him and he'd been assimilated, did he just kind of, I would have been pissed, but yeah. he seemed to be accepting. accepting. And do you think yeah. that he totally yeah. lost yeah. it and you know, yeah. he was just yeah. gone in the end? This, he was a, a man eating plant by the end of yeah. the story. It's almost like, it's uh, like he was seduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does sound way. like seduction almost. Um, you know, <laughs> I've got an excerpt, and it said, "Soon they opened into small flowers, miserable little things. They looked like flies' heads." <laughs> and then it goes on and says, um, "It looked. It could be a, like a sea an- anemone, or mm. a Chinese lantern, or a hippopotamus yawning, or <laughs> on any important orchid. And should it be an unclassified one as well? I think one." 
has every right to insist on a sickly and overpowering scent into the bargain. Oh, wow, yeah. So even in the musical, it does, the, the head is, it's quite a big, large head. So I, I right. kind of get, maybe they got that from, from that as well. Okay, so the blue, blue um, that idea up like, yeah. But it's almost like saying that this plant, there's something about this plant. Well, mm. they're saying it's an orchid, but um, it's trying to say that it's like well, something An orchid, though, that's what confuses like, me. Orchids. I wonder why. I guess it could yeah, have been no, more like a maybe like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, maybe it, like only, a Venus it almost flytrap. makes you think about cons- consciousness. You know, I mean, like you know, it, yeah. Sorry, Joe. No, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say that's what they say in the movie. In the movie, I think they 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 references a Venus flytrap, whereas whereas yeah. the the, uh, the short story says it's an orchid. Yeah, okay. mm. I can't remember orchids being that violent. <laughs> I know, I know. I just like God, man. When I was married to my last husband, I would have really appreciated having that plan around. Oh yeah, I love the way he was. Um, he was separated. You know, like a, his eye, his eyelids were like part of this leaf here. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And, he's, and the way the cat was when, a simulated. When the, when the yeah. new you know what it reminded me of? Theme. Have you ever seen the dancing flowers with the eyelashes and stuff? Yeah, you know, that's what <laughs> that's I kept it. imagining that's, when I was reading yeah. the story. You know, the, yeah. the smiley. I used to have those. That was a weird random <laughs> thought. My grandfather used to buy me those things all the time, wow. yeah. and they would go back. If it was really creepy, I really wish I had those. They, they do solar pow- powered ones now. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a couple in my window, but they're not near as fun as this. It was a big. The dancing one was brilliant. Yeah. Those that's, are, that's, that's like 1992. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like a like, like like kind of a metaphor for death, you know, because it's you're you're going back into back into nature. Yeah, you've that's been a point. Overtaken mm. and back it, that, into- that's a good point, though, because yeah. I mean, you really don't remember or feel being born. So is that what it's going to be like passing into your next transitional? You know, wow. Well, John so Collier would know yeah. now. It's like. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird, but it was he was talking about how he didn't miss his tea and and, and cakes or crumpets and, because yeah. it was coming from below. He felt the nutrition coming, but that was just wow, that's creepy. interesting. Yeah, seriously creepy. But it was a it was a well written story. I thought I, I I couldn't stop reading. It was one of those things that I really just went right through because I really like, I did. I never really read John Collier before to tell you the truth. And I actually like his uh, style of writing and I really Mm. enjoyed the short stories, but the, I guess these came out quite a bit. They call them like, what was it? The train version or I guess they're the bus version. People read these things as they were going on, you know, that's right. Short stories are waiting on their way to work and they'd read a story. So it's like, how cool is that? You'd be sitting on the tram and you, and you stevedore. You know, saying, yeah. hey, have you read this one in the Harpers this week? You know, <laughs> yes, it's all about seven of nine. I think I'm going to be assimilated. <laughs> I, think be <laughs> I think this is also how Rod Serling got his start, is doing these old, the, the, these hey. little magazine short stories, which are, yeah. are really cool. It's kind of something that's kind of gone today. We don't really see it today. Yeah. Mm. Or Roald Dahl, you know, the way he got started with like just yeah. little ideas. Yeah. Mm. But uh, I think yeah, his, was, but, his were also, I think, printed in magazines. Yeah, that's over right. time. So yeah, there's over quite time. a few authors that started out that way. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, that about um, Rod Serling. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, and uh, Collier ended up writing uh, a few episodes of, of the Twilight Zone uh, later on in his career mm-hmm. too. So right. he wrote the Twilight Zone. He wrote episodes of uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, uh, Lights Out. 
Um, he was um, one of the ghost writers on the uh, the, the Hepburn uh, Bogart classic, The African Queen. So he had wow. quite a career. Wow, I didn't know that either. Oh, How yeah. interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, he was a legendary screenwriter. I, I did. Well, I, I knew about the other stuff, but I didn't know about that stuff. That's why I always learn something. Every time Joe's on, especially, I always learn something about film I didn't know. Always. Okay. Oh, wait, wait till we get to the 1960 uh, Little Shop and I... I start fanboying about Roger Corman for the next three hours. You can fanboy. <laughs> I wish we could get Roger on our show. Oh boy, imagine that. You know? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah that'd be great. he's something else, you know. Did anything I, I, else? Did anything else stand out in your head about this story? Weird. I thought it was weird that the the flower became an, an, a, a replica of the head of oh yeah the cat the cousin's and, lost and the, cat yeah. That was a bit weird. The um, cat, yeah, the cat was the first one yeah. to disappear. Yeah. And then yeah. the cousin, I guess it spit out her clothes. Mm. Yeah, cousin Jane. <laughs> cousin Jane. Poor cousin Jane. She probably wasn't happy. And then, and then like there was Lurie the mean, song. wait, we can't forget the mean nephew. What was his deal? Oh, yeah, the thing was, like, I mean, yeah. he, he thought, like, he obviously knew about this plant's and power. She called him a proselytizing pros, fool. <laughs> a proselytizing that's Ties a proselytizing yeah, that's the one you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful isn't it <laughs> Did he, end up, he got ended up getting eaten right because his consciousness yeah. as a human that's was how gone. I read it that's yeah. how yeah. I read it yeah that's right what is so, like a spooky it's yeah. interesting I think this is right up Keith Street really. uh, yeah we, I can see a, why he chose psychologist <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, sorry, I thought it was an interesting story. Our, our friend Keith's not here at the moment. He was actually uh, kidnapped by a um, plant-eating sort of drone from Amazon. But he'll be back yeah. next week, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else on the, the short story? Oh, it was a nice little sh- little story, and um, it, it it tied in really well. Yeah. Um, and the there was a lot of – it was nice to see the, 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 the relationship between the uncle – and the nephew. Yes. Um, they didn't like each other, though. No. No. They hate. <laughs> the nephew was an opportunist, and he looked like Mr. he was a Mannering. little pervert, exactly. too. Because exactly. he was trying to find a new maid that was a little more sultry, and they settled for right. one with the tinted hair and a lot of makeup. That's right, yeah. Who wouldn't right. like a maid like that, though? It says his, his nephew soon caught sight. Who was that maid in Clue? I could see you with the maid, like the maid in Clue. Oh, Colleen Camp. <laughs> Colleen Camp played the maid, Yvette. Uh, yeah, she was uh, she was great. I loved her, man. She was she was fantastic <laughs> in that. In the, she wound up in the Police Academy movies too, and she was uh, she was yeah. the one who married Tackleberry, I think. Yeah, I love was Police the, Academy One. It's hilarious. Oh, she was God. a cute little thing back then, wasn't she? <laughs> she was. Yeah. It's like uh, I mean, it seems. Like as like if the maid actually showed her upper ankle, it was quite raucous at the time, you know. Because now you gotta tell everybody Heavy. to put it back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had enough. Uh what I think about the book, I really enjoyed the story. It's really easy to read. The language is a bit um to me a bit old English, sounds to me a bit words that I didn't get. And the way that has been written is a bit poetic for sometimes like in the end to me um to get like let us know that the the plant ended um eating another person it was a really kind of poetic way it's a really cool story i read it in i'm not lying probably in 45 minutes or less 
Um, I was couldn't find this book anywhere, not in the library, so I have to end up buying it online, and it cost me like thirty pounds, which is a bit expensive for a book that has not even maybe fifty pages. But it belongs to a collection of, I don't know, um, and it has been signed by the author, which in a way is a bit more interesting to have a book like that. Uh, the story, uh, yeah, really, well, interesting. I imagine, I don't know, in that time, writing about plants eating uh, people must have been totally new. Um, but no, really, really interesting and I will definitely recommend it to someone that don't know, want to read something quick. I was walking in the wholesale flower district one day. And I passed by this place with this old Chinese man. He sometimes sells me weird and exotic cuttings. Because he knows, you see, that, that strange plants are on my high. He didn't have anything unusual there that day. So I was, you know, just just gonna walk on by Good for you. when suddenly and without warning there was this total eclipse of the sun it got very dark and there was a strange humming sound like something from another world when the light came back this weird plant was just sitting there just stuck in among the, the zinnias now I could have sworn it wasn't there before but the old Chinese man sold it to me anyway for a dollar ninety-five. Uh, the Little Shop of Horrors. The Little Shop of Horrors is a 1960 American horror comedy film directed by Roger Corman, written by Charles B. Griffith. The film is a farce about an inadequate florist assistant who cultivates a plant that feeds on human blood. The film's concept may have been inspired by Green Thoughts, a 1932 story by John Collier about a man-eating plant. Hollywood writer Dennis McDougall suggests that Griffith may have also been influenced by Arthur C. Clarke's 1956 short sci-fi story, The Reluctant Orchid, which was in turn inspired by 1905 H.G. Wells' story, The Flowering of the Strange Orchid. The film stars Jonathan Hayes, Jackie Joseph, Mel Wells, and Dick Miller, who had all worked for Corman on previous films. Produced under the title The Passionate People Eater, the film employs an original style of humor combining comedy with bars and incorporating Jewish humor and elements of spoof. The Little Shop of Horrors was shot on a budget of 28000 which is about 240000 in today's estimate. And... Uh, it, with interiors being shot in two days, utilizing sets that had been left standing from a bucket of blood. The <laughs> film slowly gained a cult following through word of mouth when it was distributed as a B-movie in a double feature with Mario Bava's Black Sunday and later with Last Woman on Earth. The film's popularity increased local broadcasts in the presence of young Jack Nicholson, whose small role in the film has been prominently promoted on home video releases of the film. The film was the basis for an off-Broadway musical, Little Shop of Horrors, and was notably remade into 1986 feature the film, a uh, feature film, and the musical enjoyed a 2003 Broadway revival, all of which have attracted attention to the 1960 film. And we will cut away to the trailer. Feed me. Food. Oh, take it easy, Dracula. What do you think I'm carrying here, my dirty laundry? Thank <laughs> you. 
man-eating, talking plant gives homicide something to think about. And I didn't do it. Do what? Whatever. Why are you so nervous? I guess I just have a good kiss, sir. Now you will do as I say. Yes, master. You will go out and find me some food. Yes, master. What's the matter? Don't you like me? Too bony. Too bony? Nobody ever told me that before. Beef is better than veal. Ah, you're such a dodo. What do you call this? Chopped liver? the literary license podcast where we're going to discuss the little shop of horrors by roger corman 1960 version and i guess the boys have got the 1986 version down for us as well right (laughs) we all do yeah (laughs) we have got it covered on every angle so uh, what do you think of little shop of horrors 1960 um it's funny on its own someone like me who is a fan of uh, of both B movies of filmmaking in general. I mean, the movie was shot in two days because Roger Corman was like, "Hey, there's these sets left over." Was Let's it a bet actually, or was that? It was wrong? a bet. Somebody. Well, he he had held the record. I forget which five movie, days. But he, had, he had held the record of making a feature film that was released in five days, wow. and somebody uh, bet him that he couldn't top that. I think that was for the terror. I'm not sure. I'm gonna. I'm, I would have to look that up. I should have looked it up before I came on. Um, oh wait, no. The terror came later. The terror came later on. So I don't remember what which movie it was. Um, but uh, yeah, someone bet him he couldn't make a movie in uh, in, in uh, less than five days. He realized he still had the sets for two days. <laughs> so it was a bucket of blood, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have not seen of- that. A bucket of blood is great. It's very similar to this. It's it's all it's oh, also it's... about an artist who is killing people and gets fame because of the uh, the the work of art, or in this case, the plant. Um, and that's Dick Miller in the lead as Walter Paisley. So that's that's a really good one too. Uh, <laughs> but Little Shop of Horrors is just fun. I mean, I, I, I'm also a fan of like like I've done a lot of um, I, I've done some burlesque and. Um, little shout out to the glamour junkies in milwaukee for uh for I- including me in some of their shows uh now and then but i, I love that, kind that. Of music. oh yeah 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 uh, I, do you got there, to have you have to have video there is video but the microphones weren't working so it's pretty bad like i had dialogue and you can't hear me you can't hear me say it oh, but yeah I, I, I was a spaceman who was abducted by the queen of mars and they uh they i would they pay to, to see that they yeah spanked me a few times and yes yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> i would definitely pay to see it now Theta, if you're listening uh we're gonna have to send vicky ray a copy of that video but unfortunately yeah the sound doesn't you know you can't hear the dialogue because the microphones weren't working um okay. But yeah, I was forced to watch these girls strip while uh, while the Queen of Mars bent me over her knee. Oh, I'm sure it was such <laughs> a oh, that was rehearsals, rehearsals were awful. <laughs> You're lucky it wasn't Elvira. Yeah, as a, fan, yeah. <laughs> as a fan of that, 
type of humor. I, I love this style. It's 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 got that quick that quick dialogue, Marx Brothers uh, style. And it Mel does. Wells. It does. The Marx Brothers. Mel That's Wells. a good analogy. Mel Wells steals the show as Gravis Mushnik. Uh, I love he's him. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> you got Jack Nicholson in the role that Bill Murray would play later. I love the shot of the, was he like a sadist or somebody who liked pain? Yeah, yeah some kind of yes, yeah. yeah, some kind of. It's it's not as hinted as much in the Jack Nicholson portrayal as as it is like as kind much of a as with Bill Murray. Bill Murray portrayal. Yeah. Bill but Murray I, looks like he's just getting it. <laughs> The film is in the public domain. The original film is in the public domain. So if you get it, you can probably find it pretty easily. Um, like I said, the best version to watch is probably the version on Shudder because Joe Bob Briggs interviews yeah. Roger Corman throughout. But it's on Tubi. I watched the one on Tubi. It was colorized and it was a little better oh. to watch. I And actually, Shanta, who's supposed to join us uh, today, but uh, unfortunately... Uh, She's in Vegas and having a blast, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah, she and I hosted this on her old show when she had uh, when she was uh, part of a part of a different horror host show uh, like five years ago. Uh, we had shown this, and uh, it's just a fun movie. It's it it's it's like don't go into it expecting a musical. Don't go into no. it expecting like like uh, you know like a Roger Corman Vincent Price Poe movie. This is more along the lines of like. A low budget like Marx Brothers, wow. uh, or, or yeah, two angle shoots. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very bare bones. You could tell they had no money, and it was just a bunch of people who, like, literally, the script was written like immediately because Corman's like, "Hey, we got the set. Go, uh, Griffith, go write me a script." It's like, you know, a, like a sort of Ed Wood sort of kind of yeah. yeah, in, yeah. in a way. Corman's done this. Corman's done it again since because after. Um, after the movie The Raven with Vincent Price, Boris oh, Karloff, and Peter Lorre, yeah. he still yes. had Karloff under contract for two days after photography had, had filmed, <laughs> after it finished. So he turned to Jack Nicholson and went, "Hey, we still got Karloff. We still got Karloff paid for two days. Go write a screenplay tonight. Uh, we need Karloff wow. for two days. We got Karloff for two days, and then Nicholson is in the rest of the movie. But that 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 movie wound up being the terror." Yeah. Um, and yeah, somebody like me who makes low budget fucking cheesy movies and everything goes wrong all the time that is the best of us yeah this kind of thing and hearing this kind of story gives people like me hope and actually um dave uh dave campfield and i uh when uh when we uh made the perfect candidate a couple uh about 10 years ago um that's on youtube if you want to see it look up perfect candidate and write in joe estevez we had this idea of joe estevez as himself running for president and he makes references to martin sheen in the dead zone because <laughs> right and um we flew out robert zadar who's the star of the maniac cop movies he was living in the midwest at that point we paid for the tickets we paid for the hotel we paid for all this stuff dave dave has flown in he's on my couch and two days before we're supposed to start uh before we're supposed to film this movie we get a phone call that the studio that we had booked had double booked itself and because we were the ones paying a smaller rate, obviously they're going to keep the student, the, the, the production that kept a bigger rate. So now Dave is here. We're flying people in and we're like, well, shit, we got two days. What, <laughs> what, what do we have access to? And I'm like, well, we have access to my apartment in the parking lot. All right. Well, we're just got to re- rewrite the whole thing to, to set it in my, to, so we can shoot everything <laughs> in my apartment. So to hear these kinds of stories, 
um, and, and this film becoming so legendary in its own right, it gives young filmmakers hope because you, you can overcome all these hurdles. Um, and yeah. if that's going to have a reason, passion for it, well, that's yeah. the thing. When we interviewed Sam Irvin, he said the same thing. Yep. If you don't have the passion to be a filmmaker, you might as well quit now. Yeah. Because like he said, you're going to spend 20, 30 years waiting tables. And as someone who's 40 years old and still waiting tables and still writing and still, and I have films produced and I'm still waiting tables. Yeah. This is, you got to be in it for the long haul because if yeah. you're not, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if it doesn't, you know, it, it is what it is, but you, you just you're have still to keep... pursuing what you love. I think that there's, I think that there's more, more uh, like, you know, let, 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 let I, I think you're least successful in life when you're not pursuing what you want to do. I seriously, yeah. I mean, whether, whether you make it or you, you don't or whatever, I would rather die doing something I love yeah. doing yeah. than you know, doing something I don't want to. I've, you know, like I, I've been, I've been offered normal nine to five jobs and I've turned them down because I'm like, no, that would take me away from what I want to do. So for better or worse, some of us are that some of us are like that. And we're going to, you know, be, be a server in a restaurant or a bar for the, maybe until I'm 65, who knows, yeah. but you, you yeah. keep plugging away at it. And this movie is a testament to people who can knock something out in that, that quick a time, because they're all in Hollywood and they, they didn't have a lot of money, you know, I mean, $200,000. Can you actually do a low budget film like that now? Because if you watch the same Joe Bob with, uh, with Foreman, like I did, he's talking about how it's almost, it's really like sci-fi is almost gone. Low budget sci-fi, low budget horror still got that. I still think that niche is there. I still think it. There's so many of us that are still alive from the seventies and the eighties that love it. And I still think it's there. The niche is there. It's that the technology is so good now that just about anybody can do it. So I, I, I feel like the market's kind of flooded. Yeah. And because Tubi, of that. Look at, have you ever watched Tubi? I mean, or Shudder. There's I a mean, million movies on there. I have, um, uh, Dave and I have uh, Cesar Renato's Paranormal Halloween on there. That's on Tubi. Um, what, I got to write this stuff like? down, make sure yeah. I watch it. I'll send you the weekend. links later. Uh, mm-hmm. De- Deadly Xmas, I wish we could get on somewhere, but it's, it's never anywhere. Um, but it, this, but this kind of thing is a testament to those kinds of filmmakers. And I, I, that kind of passion speaks to certainly people like me. Um, and I think in a way, because it, I think it does speak to most people because in a way, Roger Corman at this point in his career, he was the little guy who was trying to get something done. Like it wasn't until later on that he had these like mass that he was doing like these big studio projects for like MGM and stuff. He was was the little guy, the little indie guy. And then he turned into the go-to guy. Well, he, he's basically, he was basically what, what like people like Lloyd, uh, like Lloyd Kaufman uh, and Charles Band are now. They're the guys who are giving the little guy the opportunity. That Mm. was like Lloyd, Lloyd's really, I watch him closely. I really enjoy what he does. And I love how he, he gives everybody podcast or whoever. He will always give anybody a shot or a break. And he will, and when, and when he's meeting his fans, he will autograph your stuff for yep. free. He will, he will help you out with your film. He, he has said he will help you out with, if you're a filmmaker trying to make a film, he will help you out in any way except money. Yeah. Stroma doesn't have any money to, 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 to give you, but he'll <laughs> help you get a platform. He'll help you get your film out there. And that's always been something that he's been fantastic with. Yeah. Um, so giving it back to the fans. 
giving it back to the fans and giving it back to the young filmmakers. And, uh, you know, Corman, mean? Corman was that in the, uh, once Corman was the guy who, who, who climbed up the ladder and then brought the ladder back down for people. Because when you look at the people he brought into the industry, Francis Ford Coppola, Joe Dante, Martin Scorsese, uh, they all got Robert De Niro. They all got shots through Corman. They all got their chance through Corman. So Jack Nicholson, why the fuck am I forgetting Jack Nicholson when he's, he's, you know, Jack Nicholson, uh, he, he, he was, was a writer. He fuck in this movie. <laughs> the scene, when you see the shot of the door opening and you see that grin on his yeah, face. Here's Johnny. Just, oh my God. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, and I absolutely adore this movie for that reason. Uh, Mel Wells as as the the the, the great Gravis Mushnik. I gotta I gotta perfect this that. Is, you know, I didn't realize how Jewish this movie really was. I should have asked Tom Diamond to come on this. He probably loved it because you know he does the shishka stuff really good. <laughs> but it was the, the the little Jewish lady kept cracking me up. Well, she does it in the other version too. Somebody's dying and she needs flowers. And what was the, who was it? Faust, Faust, what was his yeah, name? Faust, not Faust, but, um, oh, yeah. what was his name? He eats the carnations. What's, where's his name? Oh, um, that was uh, Dick Miller. Dick Miller's the actor. I forget yeah, the Dick Miller. But what was his name on here? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Bursch and uh, Fouch. He's, he's fantastic too. I absolutely adore Dick Miller. And he's uh, probably best known as, uh, as Thanks, Murray Tucker. Futterman. Yeah. Right. Murray Futterman in Gremlins. That's probably yeah. what he's best known yeah. as. He did the Night Stalker too. Wasn't that him in the Night Stalker? Oh, that was Darren McCann. Lady in White. Oh, okay. Lady yeah. Why am I thinking him? He was in Lady in White? I don't yeah. remember. Uh, but uh, you're thinking of Darren McGavin as uh, as the Night Stalker. Am I? Yeah, that was. I love that show too. <laughs> I love it too. I just can't remember now. My brain. They say the brain is the first thing uh, to go. He's uh he's also he's also very well known for playing the character of Walter Paisley. In Bucket of Blood, which I still have to see, has inspired uh, uh, Hex and Arcane showed it. So search for them doing it. And there we go, Shanta. I got your plug in too. Um, yeah, I love Hex and Arcane. I wish they put him back on Amazon Prime. Um, but yeah, he's uh, that that role was so influential to so many filmmakers that in um, in so he's he's played a character named Walter Paisley in nine movies since then because. Uh, all these guys that grew up watching Roger Corman movies absolutely loved Dick Miller and used him as um, used him in that character's name. Yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. I absolutely, absolutely adore Dick Miller. And there's a great documentary on him called that guy, Dick Miller. That guy, Dick Miller. Yeah. He played the nerdy Walter Paisley, right? <laughs> yeah. Basically he, Walter Paisley is the Seymour of that story of, of bucket of blood. So there is right. some kind of maybe, Funny link. In, uh, like uh, common ground. Yeah, I, I, my, my, my theory is because this movie was made on a bet in two days, they probably just <laughs> took the bucket of blood script and just kind of changed a couple things. It feels like something where there was a lot of ad libbing, too. Right. It does feel like there was a lot of ad libbing from, you know, yeah. some, some great character actors and some great vaudeville performers. So I think the, the vaudeville, uh, the vaudeville kind of shone through a little bit. Maybe that's where yeah. the Jewishness kind of came through. That's definitely where it came it from. It was because it really, that really, it was, it really, just listening to him talk was funny, you know, and 
what did he say? It was like a cold sore coming out of the lip. <laughs> yes. And the timing, his, the, Melwell's timing was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, you see, at one point, he's putting his arm around Seymour when everybody's coming in because of the plant and the, 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 the high school wants to buy two, wants to spend $2,000 in, you know, to, to, to build a float. He's like, oh, my son, who would have thought a son? Then when the plant dies a couple minutes later, who yeah. said you were my son? <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. It was, it, was, it, was, it was really, I like the little old hypochondriac lady. She was cute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His mother, something's up. Yeah, what were they were drinking? They had, they were making soup out of Epsom salt and something else. Oh, flipping it. And uh, ne- never, never, <laughs> trust, never trust a girl who's completely healthy, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. She's got to be <laughs> sick or something. Yeah. yeah. How funny. Uh, Alarm goes off at seven and you start up time. You put in your eight hours for the powers that have always been sanctioned till it's five p.m. Someone give me my shot or I'll rot 
here. Show me how and I will. I'll get out of here. I'll start climbing uphill and get out of here. Someone tell me I still can get out of here. Little Shop of Horrors is a 1986 American horror black comedy musical film directed by Frank Oz. It is the film adaption of the 1982 off-Broadway musical comedy of the same name by composer Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, known for their musical scores for such hits as The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and so many others. And it is a turn of a, is a remake of the 1960 film The Little Shop of Horrors, which was directed by Roger Corman which is about a geeky florist shop worker who finds out his Venus flytrap has an appetite for human blood. The film stars Rick Moranis, Alan Green, Vincent Gardenia, Steve Martin, and Levi Stubbs as the voice of Audrey II. Alan Green makes her return of performance as Audrey from the original off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors where she won numerous awards. The film also features special appearances by Jim Belushi, John Candy, Christopher Guest, and Bill Murray. It's produced by David Geffen through the Geffen Company and released by Warner Brothers on December 19, 1986. Little Shop of Horrors was filmed in the Albert R. Broccoli 007 stage at the Pinewood Studios in England, where a downtown set complete with overhead train was constructed. Produced a budget of $25 million, in contrast to the original 1960 film, which according to Corman only cost $30,000. It was well received by critics and audiences alike, eventually developing a cult following. The film's original 23-minute finale, based on the musical's ending, was rewritten and reached out after test audiences did not react positively to it due to all the death and destruction and wanted a more happy ending. For years, only available as black-and-white work print footage, the original ending was fully restored in a 2012 by Warner Brothers video and can be found on the Blu-ray disc. It all began in this little shop. Ow! Damn roses! Where, strange as it seems, something extraordinary happened. I'm afraid it isn't feeling very well today. No, it's not. What kind of a weirdo plant is that, Seymour? Little Shop of Horrors, a story about a boy. I've given you sunlight. I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy. Unless I open a vein. Where did you get such a weird plant? A girl. You don't make a nice voice when you live on schedule, Mr. Mushnick. Seymour, this is my date, my boyfriend. A florist. I'm telling you, Audrey, he's not a good, clean kind of boy. He's a professional. You'll be a You have a talent for causing pain. Hey! Stop me a People will pay you to be in I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. 
me see more. And a plant. Feed me all night long. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Whoa! Catch me now! I'm just a mean green brother from out of space and I'm playing. I'm just a mean green brother from out of space and it looks like you've been hanged. Yes! Rick Moranis. Man's a total disgrace to the dental profession. Ellen Green. Excuse me. Excuse me what? That's better. Vincent Gardenia, with special guest appearances by Steve Martin, John Candy, and Bill Murray. It's your professionalism that I respect. Little Shop of Horrors. And welcome back. And we are going to discuss 1986 Little Shop of Horrors with starting with Craig and David. Okay. Uh, would um, would you like to start with the time? <laughs> Starting with Craig and David. Yeah, I'll be the plant, and you can be Robert, and then we can be Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin. Did, no, did you think plant that plant was a brat, though? The plant's a total brat. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me, Seymour. It's such a wonderful. It's just a good feel-good movie, and it I just is. love the way they sort of like uh, the. You know, they took the fifties music, like you know, yeah, the, 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 song, the songs yeah. were, were oh, really, the songs really were good. just um, been a been the, the panning shots were really. I really enjoyed the <laughs> yeah. panning shots as they came out into yes. the street. Oh, and yeah, that you sort of moved with the people, and then they'd come out as as the shot came down. And that's right, I followed them like yeah, a really, close panning, like I'm not quite sure what it's called in the film um, terminology, but but the actual uh, but Skid Row. What a gr- I, I'm trying to think, where did Skid Row originate from? Obviously, it's America. Lower but... East Side of New York City. Okay. Oh, Los Angeles. Well, LA. I thought it was New York. No, it's LA. Uh, I Rose thought it was the Lower East Side. Okay. Boy, we all need to have another cup of coffee this morning. You, 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 you might be thinking about <laughs> maybe Alphabet City. That's like the, the Bowery area of New York. Maybe that's what you're thinking. So this mm. is Los Angeles? This is Los Angeles. Okay. Both, I both thought with all the Jewish stuff going on, though, <laughs> that it was the Lower <laughs> East Side. This is going to make me nuts now. <laughs> okay. Keep talking. I'm looking. I hate <laughs> it when I'm wrong. Well, go ahead, guys. <laughs> But yeah, Skid Row is a fantastic song. I absolutely love love. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. You know, it's just like it's got. It's funny, you know. I was watching Family Guy the other night, Mm -hmm. and I've forgotten they've done a spoof on um, uh, the Little Hop Shop Horrors. It's old Herbert. Yeah, he plays the. Yeah. What did they do? It's Chris. He's he's the, the father. <laughs> it's so bizarre, you know. And um, old Herbert's the sort of uh, he dresses up as the lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's a bit weird. It's the from the twisted mind of uh, Seth there, you know. That's <laughs> McFarland. Yeah. He's else. But um, yeah, I thought the music was good. I mean, it's classic sort of like you say this uh, in musical terms. You go like from A major to F minor. That's uh, sorry, F sharp minor. New York City. Ah, okay, right. It's a rundown, rough neighborhood in New York City referred to as Skid Row. Right. Oh, right. So that's where it comes. That's the original. That's where the skid marks come from. Well, I, <laughs> well, I was just getting confused because I didn't know a lot of Jewish people in downtown L.A. That's all. <laughs> but, uh, well, I think, um, what do you think? Joe's going to start reading. Now no, Joe's getting his phone out. Was We're going to get this straightened out. Brilliant, so it's, it, it's more the comment of no Jewish people in L.A.? Well, I know there's Jewish people in LA, but there's no Skid Row called Skid Row in LA. Maybe the band well, Skid, is in LA. A Skid Row in LA. It's it's around like um, it's downtown LA, around like I want to say like Sixth Street. 
Um, it's there's a lot of homeless. It's mainly homeless now. I don't know well, what it was like. Mostly Santa Monica. It last reminded time I me was, of um, Sesame but, Street. Yeah. <laughs> when, when where they filmed Sesame Street, it yeah. reminded me of that type of that sort of place, yeah. like yeah. those little oh. houses, stairs, and that. Mm. People never let me get their hotels. Like, remember when Priceline wouldn't tell you where your hotel was when you you'd get it, and I was like trying to get a hotel for like a week and a half for me and my friend, and we ended up in Compton. That's why it was so cheap. (laughs) (laughs) But the people were really nice to us. So I'm not going to say anything. I didn't see what the problem was. I almost (laughs) ended up at the Cecil Hotel once because. uh, Yeah, I know where those are. They had renamed it the Stay on Main because they were rebranding because they wanted to get away from the Cecil Hotel. It is Mm. now. Uh, But yeah, I would. um, I I was uh, booking a uh, I was booking a trip to Los Angeles and uh, I was I was at work. I was on my lunch break. And I'm like on my phone, like booking the trip. My manager walks over and she's like, "We doing? I'm, like, oh, I'm going to L.A. in a few months. So I'm going to I'm, I'm planning a trip now. I found this great hotel here. Twenty six dollars a night in downtown L.A. And she looked stay on me. It's like, why do I know that name? And it was right when that girl disappeared and was found in the water tank. It was like, oh, a couple, yeah, it was around that time. Oh, so like, wait a minute. That's a Cecil Hotel. That's that's where Richard Ramirez stayed. You don't want to stay oh, there. Yeah. Did you? That was a Netflix show, too, wasn't it? Yeah, there was I think I watched year, there was that documentary on it. Yeah. Uh, so, that, yeah, I would be really upset if I drank or bathed in that water. I, I would be extremely uh, upset. Yeah, she was in the yeah. water tank that was that 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 was being used for the uh, for, for the water supply in the building. If you were showering or drinking the water, she killed Ugh. herself, though, didn't she? Yeah, I think that, I think in the end they discovered she killed herself accidentally. But the the, the hotel itself has so much shady shit that's happened oh, in it over God, the years. Yes. Uh, it's so, so, I remember reading reading the reviews that a paramedic who was there responding to somebody having a heart attack was stabbed in the lobby because some nice. some guy was freaking out in the lobby. You had some kind of drug freak out. Paramedic showed up. He thought it was the police coming for him, and he just stabbed the paramedic. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not staying at that hotel. That's why I like the, the, I like yeah. living north of Dallas. I don't like living. <laughs> Remind me to book a room there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the it's Night a... Stalker used to live. Didn't he stay there? Yeah, Richard Ramirez, Ramirez lived there. Yeah. Um, Boy, and that actually, hotel uh, could speak. The, the The interesting thing about the song in the beginning is they 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 sing about how downtown is where you go when you have nothing, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I was five in 1986, so may, may, I, I guess things must have changed since then, because besides Los Angeles, the downtown part of almost every major city I've been in is actually the really nice. And uh, usually uh, they are. Yeah, they usually like here in, in Texas, the, 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 the original downtowns or even back home in northern New York, whatever the downtown's got the all the old historical buildings. Yes. And I think people start thinking of the concrete jungle downtown, you know, okay. So, yeah, and I, I, I wonder, like, because Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, any any major city I've been in, the downtown area is always beautiful and pristine and well kept. Usually, usually. And then when you, you know, then it's the areas outside of it that are bad. So that, L.A. is the only exception because in L.A., downtown is uh, one of the most uh, crime ridden areas in, in the city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, maybe that's why I was thinking that it was L.A. also. I mean, there is a skid row. Well, everybody's got a skid row. Dallas has one, too. I mean, most big cities have that area. I don't think what our skid row might be, you know. Um, Edmonton. My room. 
<laughs> your room? <laughs> yeah, <it's pretty> room. <laughs> yeah, I think at the moment, like it's like a, it's like using the word from the the green thoughts. It is in a shocking state of disarray. Shocking disarray. <laughs> Did you guys think that the plant was like a large child being a big, yeah. big baby? Got you. Baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Feed me, feed me, Seymour. <laughs> you should have known so that when he was had to feed it blood out of his finger, and no matter which version you watched, there was probably an, an issue Levi, here. Yeah, Levi Stubbs so was um, For, yeah from the Four Seasons, yeah. Was four, yeah, uh, uh, four tops. Uh, wait. Yeah, he was the tenor. Was he tenor? He was the was he he was the plant's voice, wasn't he? He was yeah. the plant voice. Yeah, what a great voice at all. <laughs> yeah, he was perfect voice for that plant. That was just too funny. I like to listen to. I mean, the, the singing too. I mean, oh, beautiful! It's just beautiful, you know. It was it's nice like, to see um, Jim Belushi as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Brothers. yeah. Uh, There's a lot of cameos, wasn't there? Yeah, I love. Like, like, it was. A, it was I a mean, quick cameo. What was he? A police officer? Or, I can't remember now. So, um, Flipping Nick. I, I can't remember. Can't remember. Um, I, you know, it's but, funny um, because I didn't. Even, I didn't. Even, I didn't even recognize him. I see hmm. his name now on the credits, and I didn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah. he was trying to. I the forgot hat. what he, he was trying to do now. He, yeah. he had the hat. It was only a quick hat. Yeah. yeah, and then you had yeah. Steve Martin, who could forget him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Steve this Martin. version was just a little more, a little more not well. It was it's kind of seedy and make you you know dirty kind yeah. of you know thing. It's like one of those movies, not not quite that bad where you feel like you need to bathe after you watched it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of the movies, like a lot of the movies we've watched. <laughs> <laughs> but um steve martin was kind of a, a total dick in this movie wasn't yeah, he because he was, in the yeah. old movie they did so glad when he got eaten yeah we're all glad when he got very happy yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the older the only movie, thing was he really had covid so the plant got sick <laughs> the plant got I like, sick, the I, plant like, got I, sick I, I found out today there's a twist on the ending mm. um i didn't know about the ending twist yeah i need to see this one I now. didn't even. Yeah, that see sounds it. like the better ending. It sounds. Uh, if you uh, if you rent if you buy or if you buy the movie on iTunes, you can watch either the theatrical version or the director's cut. The director's cut has the completely alternate ending where the plants basically take over the world. I wonder uh, if YouTube uh, has the alternate ending. I bet you YouTube has it. That's almost I, like I a John Weidman, you know, uh, mm. did the Triffids, you know. Yeah. Oh, you, you know what? Do. Yeah. Oh yeah, Day of the Triffids is another one. But I, I was I was yeah. thinking that might have inspired the Corman one. But I think the Corman one came out before Day of the Triffids because I think Day of the Triffids was like sixty seven. Oh, yeah, the movie, but the the book was probably forties. I think yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Probably, I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I totally forgot about Day of the Triffids. That's John mm. Wyndham, correct? John Wyndham, yeah. That's another. He also did the movie. Yeah, Midwich Cuckoos. 1951 uh, it was published that one was there you go right okay post-apocalyptic science fiction yeah Mm. yeah maybe maybe that also inspired corman now that we think of it yeah but i've never read the novel uh, i have not read this either but i'm kind of kind of interesting looking to be fair i didn't know there was a novel until uh until you guys mentioned it so yeah 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 he's um he also did the midwich cuckoos which became uh, the one about the um, uh, Children of the Damned, or oh, whatever yeah. it was, remember, yeah. Yeah. Ah, kind of, yeah. He's quite an interesting, he's really spooky, you know, almost like an Edgar Allan Poe of his time, you know. Huh. You know? I'm, mm. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look that. I knew there was a novel for, for, uh, for The Village of the Damned and The Children of the Damned. I, didn't, I had never, yeah. uh, I'd never read it, though. 
Yeah, it's, um, um, I think we did it at school, you know, and uh, it's probably one of the one of the, for English lit, you know, something like that, you know. Mm. But um, it's just fascinating. I, I remember that English teacher; he's got me into sort of reading books, you know. Just mm. you know, these kind of people who just inspire you. You always meet yeah. someone in your life that takes you down a certain way, you know, a route or not, you know. And he was just like totally obsessed by literature, you know. So it, that kind of infection sort of like. You know, it takes you over. Like, in, I mean, back in the back in the day, all you really had was a, a book in your pocket. You know, that was your life, wasn't it? That was your. You know, that's how you engaged your, uh, your imagination. Nowadays, you don't need to engage in imagination because there's so much out there. You know, it's a bit sad, really. <laughs> yeah. and, and everything is spelled out for you, unfortunately, a lot of the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Whereas when people say there was a great quote, he turned around, he says, uh, "When people are bored, it, it shows there's a lack of inner resources within yourself." Because you can never be bored. It's impossible, you know. But uh, maybe people just get bored of themselves. I don't know. <laughs> or or bored bored of the task, maybe. Because I, I, I've task. gotten That's bored. True, yeah. But I've I've never mm. been bored. Because if I, I've always got my mind occupied with something. Exactly. If I'm not well, I mean, you're you're a writer, same as Vicky. You know. Yeah, you got to. You know, we're moving. thinking about stuff all the time. You know. And it, oh, it, I'm you know, not a writer. I'm just I just I just the ornamental fun part of the show <laughs> uh, but yeah. you're a thinking lady you're a thinking lady but i know i like to think thinking's dangerous sometimes but it can be but you know, i know the one George... thing I, I like to talk to people well it's really cool how this all works out because i mean we all love film and we all like books mm. more so you know film i'm thinking but we all like to read too and and the one thing i've noticed uh, all the cool people i've met and all the people we've had in the show is that it's a learning process and there you don't know everything and like I say, Joe is always my go-to guy for facts. If I, you know, I, I, if I don't know something, I know if it's about film, he can find it for me, you know. But and I, and I would never call myself an expert either because I feel like you always should be learning. I think anybody who sits there and thinks he knows everything is somebody who's going to unfortunately close himself off, right? Um, yeah, because because there's always something. I, there's always something I've seen that you haven't. You've seen that I haven't. Or, yeah. or you or any of you have read that I haven't. Yes. There's, there's, there isn't the time in the world for every one of us to 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 experience every single thing. But through through yeah. through each other, we can we can kind of do that. Yeah. And I, I, I abs- if you if you sit there and think and think of yourself as as an expert in something, my 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 dad used to my dad told me once that if you're the smartest guy in any room, you need to get the hell out of that room. <laughs> that is good I, advice. I think I, I think that is I think that is great advice because advice. you you you're going to end up kind of stunting yourself and stifling mm. yourself and you shouldn't do that. Um don't approach anything as as being the one who knows it all. O- approach no. everything with a sense of wonder and a sense of I could learn something from this. I could watch the same movie 50 times and see something today yes. that I didn't see the last 49 times. Yes. Yep. And it's it's wow. It's enriching in that way. All art is enriching in that way. What, what, whether it's a painting, a novel, a movie, all of it. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? It's like, yeah, I mean, you go back to it and, you know, suddenly you, you read stuff years ago and I just wasn't smart enough to understand it. But now I'm starting to understand it, you know? Mm. And it's like, I'm thinking about at least you attempted to try and, um, you know, take it apart and understand it. But uh, that's the great thing about learning. It's just, it's just a continuous task forever. There's a great line where uh, Arthur Dent says to the robot in The Hitchhiker's Guide, the galaxy marvin he's the the robot says i, I can read your mind and Arthur Dent says really and he says yes he says it amazes me that you can live in something that small 
<laughs> that is a great line. It is a great line. <laughs> so what else did uh, did uh, Little Shop of Horror strike uh, make you all think about when you're watching it? I mean, it seems like it's like what well, we already affirmed in the other one that it's transitional. But yeah. now I've watched, I got to find that other ending. That's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that's intriguing now. I had no idea that existed. I know that there's mm-hmm. alternate endings in certain movies. You can only get them with the Blu ray box. But I mean, yeah. that was the first I even heard that he even had, that the director even had uh, yeah, exactly alternate well, ending. I like the, the little other... babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. The little babies. I like the way they. The, the chorus, like in the old days when he's the to chorus, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was in kind of hoping tragedy. that they put the faces though on on them in this in, in the the musical. They just didn't oh, yeah. do it. All right. There's uh, and also two the the chorus girls that are that are singing throughout. Two of them ended up uh, being on the uh, the the Fox show Martin, the Martin Lawrence uh, sitcom a couple years later. Really? Um, yeah, I I didn't notice it until I rewatched the movie. I'm like, oh my god, those are. That's Martin's girlfriend and the next door neighbor uh, <laughs> as, two, as two of the three uh, chorus girls. And I grew up watching that show. I haven't seen it in a long time now, but, uh, but that was kind of cool. Mm. Um, also Christopher guest is the very over the top. Oh, yes. yeah. yes. Right at the beginning. And I was That's watching, he comes in the show. Yeah. I was watching it yesterday. I'm like, shit, he looks familiar. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, it's Christopher Guest coming. What is that intriguing plant in the window? That's <laughs> 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 fucking phenomenal. And then he ends up in Spinal Tap. Great. Yes. <laughs> All by a um, so he, he's a great cameo in this. Um, yeah, and Steve Martin, you guys talked about him earlier. I think Steve Martin's the best thing in this movie. He comes he's in funny. half an hour in. He dies an hour in. And he I dominates. Best 30 yeah. minutes of the movie right there. Yeah. Just the, his his I'll be a dentist song is so fucking great. I yeah. love it. I love it. I'll so be much. a dentist. <laughs> that hair though. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. He's always got that sneer. Yeah, that, that uh-huh. kind of <laughs> kind of do almost like an Elvis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course Bill Murray. And Bill Murray in this version getting kicked out of the office because right. he, he turns to see more. You you don't like any of that stuff, do you? No. Well, get in here. Fucking fantastic. Because <laughs> Bill Bill Murray in this one, Bill Murray and Steve Martin, it's so perfect with the, yeah. with those two in there. It's such um, a great double act together. Like it really. My, probably yeah. have to look for the outtakes because there has to be some somewhere. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I wonder, and that would be night. interesting. They must have I, been falling on the floor laughing, you know. I mean. I mean, those are two of the greatest comedic talents of their yeah. time. So oh, there's, time. I, they, yeah. I'm sure Frank Oz at some point went, you know what? Do what you want to do. Just make it funny. They had um, to have ad-libbed a little bit. There's no way they, they must did. Have. There's got to be have, something They must have looked at Rick, Rick, Rick Moranis and said, do you know what? You should become a Ghostbuster. Would this have been... Actually, Steve been... Martin would have made a great Ghostbuster. Yeah. Wouldn't he? You know? Oh, my when God. He... Yeah, he would have. What was I mean, Ghostbusters was... before this? Uh, Ghostbusters was 84. Oh, no, so Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters before was this. Actually, it was probably the other. Rick has probably brought in Bill Murray. Right. Possibly. Might have been, might have been the opposite. But yeah, this, this film's fantastic. And, and you can't get a better director than Frank Oz, who uh, <laughs> has done so, so much work with the Muppets. And like you yeah. guys said, Jim Henson uh, and, and their studios created the, uh, created the monster. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, now that I... Three, two. I just thought of this now. The current uh, Jim Henson studio 
is on the corner of Sunset Boulevard. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Hollywood Boulevard. No, Sunset Boulevard and La Brea, which right. is the old Charlie Chaplin studio where Corman had his office when he made the original Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, that's and weird. that's just one of those weird coincidences that just yeah, popped yeah. up into my head. Because, oh. um, uh, because yeah, I don't, I don't think any of that was intended. No, no, <laughs> but, yeah. Because uh, I remember I, I would walk by it every morning because it would have, uh, there's a giant statue up on top of Kermit the Frog as the tramp tipping his hat. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I I should send you a picture because I took a lot of pictures. I don't there. remember being well. I was been but but then to the La Brea area, but I don't remember seeing anything like that. It's not exactly a touristy area. No. It's, yeah, it's um, incidentally, you got Kermit the Frog as the tramp tipping his hat, and across the street is a strip club called Crazy Girls. So it looks like <laughs> Kermit is tipping his hat to the girls in the strip club. Okay. And I, and I, my, my, my B movie. Well, that's a touristy that. attraction, I'm sure. Yeah, that is an interesting. Yeah, exactly. You know the Gongfang Chinese Theater. Sorry, that place is really cool. Chinese Theater. This is like two blocks away from the Chinese Theater. Wow, is that where all the stars are on the street? Yeah, that's where they. Yeah, this is two. This is two blocks away from Hollywood Boulevard. It's just that this this area is more like Hollywood Boulevard from that stretch is where like you would have like all the stars on the, on the streets and everything. And um, this area here is two blocks away from that. There's an IHOP, there's a Seven Eleven. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of the places where like, there's a pizza hut. It's where a lot of people would go to like, get like whatever they need when we lived at, you know, when I lived in that area, there's a supermarket on the other side of the street. That supermarket incidentally used to be AIP where Corman made all his Edgar Allan Poe movies. Uh, now, really? now it's, now it's uh, Ralph's supermarket. And oh, that one in particular, oh, was, man. Called, that one no. in particular was called the rock and Rouse because that's, that's the area where all the, all the, uh, all the uh, like eighties uh, rock stars live. And a lot of porn stars live in that area. So right. you go that's shopping, you might, see, you might see, you might see Nikki six or you might see a porn star right in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> The good old it's days. Fascinating, yeah. Good old days. This is a couple of years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's getting old now because I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> good old days for me because I oh, love living in LA. Life. It's kind I of love it. I love it. My friend used to bring me to LA with her quite a bit. <laughs> There's quite yeah. a bit. Of, I used to love Venice Beach. That was like my favorite place. Love Venice Beach. Oh, Venice, yeah. Jim Morrison. Uh, hey. Jim Morrison, yeah. Uh, I always like the tsunami warning signs. This is tsunami warning. Seek higher ground. There's no fucking higher ground on that beach. You know, you're just screwed. If that water starts getting sucked out to the ocean, you're done. Like, There's yeah, nowhere like, to go. It's, it's like in yeah, Amsterdam. In, LA. in Amsterdam, they've got those mountain bikes. Bloody <laughs> place as flat as a pancake, you know? Yeah. The, the, the traffic in LA is going to preclude you getting up that mountain. Yeah, there's no way you're getting up that mountain from that and getting stuck under underpasses. I don't like that either. I don't want to be under an underpass in California. Yeah, Uh, cold, cold hot canyon by Clyde Barker, a great read. (laughs) Really? Yeah, but sorry, I'm thinking of another. um, Yeah, cold hot canyon. It's all about uh, the LA scene, the Hollywood scene. You know, it's really fascinating book. Clyde Barker's a genius. You know. Yeah, if, he he's, put, he's, if he's, he's listening, hi. <laughs> has he that, put anything out lately? I don't think I've he's put anything mm, out recently, has he? I don't know. I think he's mostly directing and producing now. I don't yeah. think he's writing anymore as much. That's someone else we should have asked Sam about because uh, he. Uh, I didn't even think about that. 
He helped produce Gods and Monsters with Sam. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, cool. Very cool. No, Gods and Monsters. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we keep going off on tangents here. Yeah, we're, we always, we are the tangent yeah. podcast. We do it all the time. But, <laughs> hey, we get some we're, interesting we're facts out there. We started yeah, with we... Little Shop and then we ended up in La Brea. Yeah, we all, because <laughs> Frank Oz, because Frank Oz has the director. And you've done all this work with the Muppets and Jim Henson uh, yes. providing the creature, which, yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's, yeah. it's feel, a fun movie. I honestly, well, aside, aside from, well, maybe a couple of swear words here and there and maybe, you know, Steve Martin being a little violent. I, I think kids can watch it, too. I don't think there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. I first watched, I watched it as a kid. kid. Hmm. I, yeah, that's true. Well, in 1986, I was in college, so. <laughs> I, I need to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show now. I've never seen that, so you've uh, never seen any... that. What? Wow. Uh, I've never seen it. Never seen what? No. Rocky, Rocky Horror. Horror Picture Show. You uh, haven't seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh uh, my god! You need to go to I a special to viewing this. in a yes. theater. Yes. I've got it on DVD. <laughs> Yes, but you still need to go to a theater and bring your little spinners (laughs) and your toast and yes. Oh my god! I want to do that. I want to. I want to go to a theater. uh, Yeah, dressed up as one of the characters. I got to do that at some point. And we're doing shock treatment. Or was that next month? Or is that this month? month? Yeah, that's 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 the sequel, right? Next we're doing the sequel to Rocky Horror. So I definitely need. Right, we need to watch that. To be educated. And we I like the message of um of Rocky uh, Rocky uh, uh, Little, Little Shop, Shop Horrors. Horrors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good message. Be, be careful what you wish for. That's right, because it may come true. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Anything you know. else on your mind about Little Shop of Horror, guys? Uh, well, the music was beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, the, me- yeah, the musical so score. Cool, you know, very fun, very yeah. entertaining. The plant was beautiful. I want to own one. <laughs> you would. The The plant was very beautiful, but the plant was kind of, you know, an asshole. <laughs> so this is yeah, the people so... around that pissed me off and I'd feed them. Yeah. yeah. The so, so this but is apparently, probably... it's, sorry, it was ahead, uh, alleged, ahead, allegedly Robert Plant was going to play the part <laughs> of the plant. Plant, <laughs> I think there we go. Because, like, you know, it could have done stuff like from Zep 4, you know. Uh, but I mean, maybe that's going off a track now. <laughs> no, sorry, guys. I just thought it's just a feel-good movie. Great songs, great, yeah. great performances by it everyone. It was weird that they electrocuted the plant to death and didn't use just weed killer. <laughs> but, I don't think there was enough weed killer, Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it was. It was knocking back uh, baby bio uh, and sort of peach chasers. <laughs> Would have Jack D, but Jackie D would have pent plant peat chaser. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, this is a wonderful feel-good movie. If you've seen the ending that that these guys have seen, yeah. <laughs> it's not now so I've got to find the other ending. Yeah, it's the other. That's so much a feel-good movie. If you saw the director's cut by Frank Oz, where uh, Audrey <laughs> Two eats Audrey or starts eating Audrey. Wow. She gets saved. She dies in the street. Seymour sacrifices Audrey to the plant, then finds out that um, uh, Paul Dooley, who is wimpy in the Popeye movie, has now mass produced the plant based on some shavings that he got from it. So now they are in every home in America and soon every home in the world. 
and they start Joe, eating. On... What's that? It's on the alternate ending is on YouTube. If you just if you look it up on YouTube, oh, you there, found like, it. The there you go. Yeah, there's a directors versus <laughs> work print edition. Yeah, with yes. Um, and, and well, yeah, and the plants end up eating all of humanity. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not a bad out. plan at this point. <laughs> There's there's shots of plants destroying. I mean, I'd like to see a human sandwich and a plant walking into it. You know, yeah. Humans. Yeah, yeah. We we need that. Uh, Yeah, a human (laughs) McDonald's where the plants can come in and have a human sandwich (laughs) or something like that. You know, just you know, (laughs) an idea and a fervent prayer. But you know, yeah, I could see it. Plant food. We need to be more green anyway. Yeah, we've got to be more green. You know, we're going green. Yeah, get planted up. You know, (laughs) plant your flag. (laughs) Plant your flag on my head. What? Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) They certainly have some green thoughts. They definitely have green thoughts. There's nothing wrong with green. I'm sick by that. No, no, green thoughts are fine. (laughs) They're better than uh, well, I was going to say dirty thoughts, but even they're cool, (laughs) especially if they're green. (laughs) I I love dirty thoughts. I love this blood. Is that your Yule log? Yeah, that's Yule log. It, 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 it would make a very good episode. For, He's going to sing a song. Yeah. Oh, the walls with Cheryl Bolly. Blah, 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 blah. There is one thing about this. Uh, I know Keith wanted this to be the Christmas special, and I'm just kind of lost on how this is Christmas themed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we got plants and we got greenery. Yeah, so yeah, we only need the fairy lights, and then we've got the tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got plant, plants eating people. What's this <laughs> little shop? I don't know. Well, we could take it's kind of go leaning towards the Krampus sides of things. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's absolutely, I, I plants eating people. What says Christmas more than that? Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can interject Christmas. I mean, I'll be. I've got all kinds of horror movies I'm watching for Christmas. So yeah, no, a plant is just not just for Christmas, but for life. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you are such a speaker. Yeah, people are not going to go back <laughs> into the garden ever. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one in the garden can hear you scream. Green Christmas. That's yeah, right. Green Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about the movie, uh, really, really enjoyed. Um, totally different to what we have been seeing because uh, there's no, well, uh, to me, there's no terror. It's really fun. Um, even though there was not based in the book 100%, like not even, I would say, I don't know, 20%, it's a really interesting how they found a way to do several things. Uh put a lot of really big actors in one movie. I imagine about that, the time that they made the movie, they were maybe just starting, but to me it's really surprising. Uh, I was surprised to find nearly like five or six uh, actors in, the, in this movie and all acting maybe sometimes at the same time. So really, really enjoy the movie and really enjoy the songs. Uh, I have to admit that after watching the movie for... And nearly a week, I'm still singing the songs. Um, really interesting for me the way they made the, the plant growing and doing the, all the visual effects at that time. Um, sometimes, sound, well, looks like the plant is uh, actually alive or, or talking, and the way it moved them out is really, really clever. I don't know how do they do it. I don't 
don't imagine they did it with a computer, but it was really, um, really smart how they resol resolved the story and how they made all that happen. And it was really, really, really cool um, the end. Definitely I would recommend this movie for several reasons. First, it's really uh, enjoying, uh, it's a really fun movie. Um, the, the songs are really, really catchy. And there are a lot of good actors. Um, yeah, definitely um, a movie that everyone should My Kleenex, wipe that lipstick away. Show me your face, clean as the morning. I know things were bad, but now they're okay. Suddenly, Seymour, standing beside you. You don't need no makeup. Don't have to pretend Suddenly Seymour Is here to provide you Sweet understanding Seymour's your friend Nobody ever treated me kindly Daddy left early Mama was poor I need a man Follow him blindly He'd snap his fingers me I'd say sure Suddenly
unusual there that day. Nope, Daru. And I was about to, you know, just walk on by. Good for you. When suddenly, suddenly and without warning, there was this total eclipse of the sun. Okay, so, anything else to add, guys? <laughs> no, I think I've totally, totally uh, sort of uh, surreeled it up to hell. <laughs> I guess well, this concludes our uh, podcast with a retrospective wow. of Little Shop of Horrors and uh, Green Thoughts. And yes. please uh, follow us on all of our media platforms. And uh, before I go, I wanted Craig. Craig, what's your uh, website one more time? It's uh, Craigsworld.org. My, yeah, it's Craigsworld.org, or, um, or you can Etsy me. At, uh, my shop is called Craigsworld on Etsy. Here we go. And uh, then next week we'll pick up with Bewitched episode one to seven, season three. And I will be back in two weeks for str- I think it's Streets of Fire and Shock Treatment. On yes, the I believe so. Oh, and uh, tis the season. Check out Deadly Xmas if you got it in your area. Uh, Cesar Nato's Deadly Xmas. Dave Campfield uh, directed it. I co-wrote it with them. Linnea Quigley's in it. Uh, Joe Estevez is in it. Felissa Rose. Um, Linnea Robert Quigley. Dahl. I didn't know she was in that. Very cool. <laughs> if you've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, then you will like her her uh, her appearance in this. Cool, um, definitely. So I will I will see if I can get get some of you guys copies of them, but I don't I don't know how I'm going to get them to to the guys in the UK. But we'll, we'll figure anyway, out. Anyway, happy holidays to all of you. Yes, all you. Merry will... Christmas, happy holidays. Do whatever. <laughs> and I will have a very green a very Christmas. Little... Very I'm green Christmas. I'm going to have a green Christmas. It's yeah. Texas. It's always green here. <laughs> the alternative ending is. I'm, I'm seeing it now. It, yeah. It's pretty epic. I, I wish I'd seen this now. <laughs> yeah, we got okay. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Subsequent to the events you have just witnessed, similar events in cities across America, events which bore a striking resemblance to the ones you have just seen began occurring. Subsequent to the events you have just witnessed, unsuspecting. Trucks from Maine to California made the acquaintance of a new breed of flytrap, and got sweet talked into feeding it blood. Thus, the plants work their terrible will, finding just who would feed them their fill, and the plants proceeded to grow. Was essentially to